Hi everyone, welcome to the Truly Myrtle podcast. This is Libby and it's lovely to have you here. It's a beautiful day down here in New Zealand despite the fact that it's Friday the 13th. The sun is shining, the sky is blue and it's absolutely glorious out there. I think summer might be starting. Yay! How exciting. It's so nice to see so many of you have joined me from the video podcast. I'm really pleased. Thank you so much. It's also really exciting that we have lots of new listeners. So welcome anyone that's just jumping on board or has just joined since this podcast has become an audio podcast. I thought I might tell you a little bit about me because I don't know how many of you have actually come across me before. So my name is Libby and you'll find me absolutely everywhere on the internet as Truly Myrtle. I design knitting patterns. I have had a blog, Truly Myrtle, for coming up four years. So maybe you've come across me there. I have written a lot about knitting and sewing and crafting and spinning and all sorts of crafty goodness uh, for a while there. So just recently, just this last year really, I have decided to try my hand at designing knitting patterns and making them available to buy. So that's been my little business venture this year and I've been having a ball doing that. So far I have a bunch of shawls and some hats and I'm just getting ready to release my first sweater pattern. So things are very exciting down here. I have a husband and four children who are ranging in ages from 13. My eldest is a boy. Then I have three girls who are 11 and 8 and 5. I have to stop for a minute and think how old they are. But yes, they're all, they're all um, well, they're reasonably close together, I suppose, aren't they? Anyway, they all go to school, to the lo- local country school. We live uh, in rural New Zealand. We live just outside of Auckland, which is in the North Island of New Zealand, on a five-acre block. So we have a bit of land here. We've got some animals. We've got chickens and a calf and a few sheep and a dog. We have lots of animals and a great big veggie garden. So we're trying to live this uh, rural life and we're really enjoying it. It's quite fun. Both of us grew up in the city and until now we've always lived in the city. So we're on a big learning curve figuring out what to do with all these animals and all this land but we're actually really enjoying ourselves and I'm not feeling too overwhelmed most of the time although it's an awful lot to do. Let me tell you. Anyway, I grew up in New Zealand, in Auckland, so I grew up not far from where I now live, but in the city, and in my mid to late 20s I moved to the UK with my now husband, and we lived there for about four or five years in London and had a baby, got married, and then we moved back to New Zealand briefly, we're here for a couple of years, and then in 2006 we went back again to the UK, we just couldn't resist, we had wanderlust. So we went back to the UK and that's where we lived until just two years ago. So we were back in the UK for eight years and that's where I discovered other knitters and other sewers and crafters. I had grown up with a really crafty household but most of the people immediately around me, my friends uh, and people I knew, didn't do a lot of making. And it was in the UK that I went to my first big yarn festival and that quite literally changed my life. It was the Knit Nation Festival in 2010. It was absolutely wonderful. I loved it. And then from there, I was totally hooked. I started my blog and I got deep into the world of fibre 
and felt like finally everybody had caught up with what I'd always been doing. It's been a really fun ride. So that's kind of me in a nutshell, really. Um, you can find me all over the show on the internet. So you can find me here on this podcast. This is a fortnightly podcast, although I've got some interviews that I'm going to bring you in the next few weeks, which I'm really excited to bring you. So I'm going to just pop a few out before Christmas and before I have my break over Christmas. You can also find me on Ravelry. I have a Ravelry group there. And you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on my website. I have been writing a blog for a long time, but just recently I haven't written quite so much because instead I've been putting some of my energy into creating a newsletter. It's like a mini magazine. It's a free newsletter. You can sign up for it on my website and it will arrive in your inbox once a month and it's full of articles and all sorts of fun things about handmade wardrobes that's my real passion making outfits handmade clothes knitted and sewn handmade jewelry i just absolutely love all that stuff so if you're interested in that too sign up to my newsletter and join me for the ride be really fun now i had a question from Alison from freckles and pearls a few weeks ago and she was asking me about uh, the holiday festivals in New Zealand at the end of the year. So Christmas is the big festival down here, really. She wanted to know what we did that was different. Well, it is totally different, Alison. It's it's really crazy. And after having so many years in the UK, it finally made sense to me all the traditions, all the food, all the decorations, uh, things around sort of those festivals of lights that happen in the northern hemisphere at Christmas time make perfect sense when you're in the northern hemisphere but in the southern hemisphere they really don't and it's kind of crazy that we do them too although we have started to develop some of our own traditions I think but we do have twinkly lights but you know it doesn't get dark till nine o'clock so it's uh, not a, not it's not hugely um it's not hugely warming. It, we should be having them in the middle of the year. We have a big festival here in the middle of winter, which we, I think we need to celebrate a bit more. But anyway, at Christmas time, we still put our twinkly lights out. We all have a pine tree. Well, not all, but we do. We have a pine tree. These days, we tend to find one around our property and cut it down, a big branch or something, and pop it in a pot and cover it with decorations and lights. We celebrate Christmas on Christmas Day. There are there are Santa parades, there are Christmas sales, there are all sorts of Christmas feasts that go along with Christmas, but it all just seems crazy because actually what happens in New Zealand is as the year comes to an end, all the schools are winding down because our school year ends in December. The children are all getting ready for a holiday, as is everybody else. Everyone has a big, long holiday over summer. So January is pretty quiet in New Zealand because we all finish kind of mid-December and then nobody really goes back, well certainly the kids don't, until early February. So it's 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 a wind down period. A New Year's Eve is actually a bigger party here than I found it was overseas. New Year's Eve is quite a big deal because a lot of people are on holiday. So there are lots of New Year's Eve parties and New Year's Eve celebrations. On, the, on Christmas Day itself, is, uh, we do things like have a barbecue Invariably it rains actually on Christmas Day here. It's never that nice. But we have a barbecue. The best weather in New Zealand over the summer is in February, which is crazy because that's when the kids go back to school, but that's how it is. It's particularly hot then. So if you are thinking of a trip to New Zealand, that's when you should come. But anyway, on Christmas, families get together, but it's a very it's a very low-key affair on the whole. It isn't 
it, it isn't a formal affair at all. It is really, really low key. So usually there's a lot of swimming, either in people's swimming pools or people take picnics to the beach. Uh, there are lots of family get-togethers that are just sun hats and a beer and a barbecue and very laid back. It's, I mean, New Zealanders aren't particularly formal people anyway, but Christmas is, it just kind of happens. And everyone's a bit tired <laughs> because they've all finished the year. They're ready for a break. And so I think Christmas just rolls along with that. So does that help you out? Does that tell you what's what? We have a tree that we call the New Zealand Christmas tree, which I adore, and it's a putakawa tree. And it's a big, when they grow old, they're big, gnarled, grey, woody trees with twisted branches. They're really gnarly trees. They have beautiful big green leaves, but in the summer they flower, which is why we call them our New Zealand Christmas tree. And this is a really quintessential image of Christmas in New Zealand, is a scene with a beach, a blue sky, white sand, and a Pahutakawa tree with its red, red flowers blooming all over the tree. It's it, A lot of New Zealand images of Christmas are starting to look like that. Sun hats, swimming togs, suntan lotion, and a picnic. Yeah, it's a totally different feel to it. A lot of people do have a hot feast, but my family's abandoned that. Uh, we never really did that particularly. We do have a Christmas pudding, which... We used to be lit on fire and used to have money in it, but I'm not sure. Actually, I don't even know if we had one last year. We have a pavlova, which is a um, like a meringue with cream and strawberries on top because that's that's what's in season at this time of year. And ice cream, yeah, it's pretty. It's it's quite different. It is quite different. It's probably worth experiencing. It's certainly worth experiencing a northern hemisphere Christmas if you've grown up in the southern hemisphere, because it's I loved it but it's a yeah it's a totally different affair so I hope that answers your question Alison have I rambled on too long about New Zealand Christmas I am looking forward to it because it just means holiday to me Christmas holidays that's our long summer holiday so lots of people have told me where they're listening to my podcast this last uh, couple of weeks and that's been really cool so people have been listening in places like the bus the car lots of people have been listening to me while they make dinner or tidy the house Someone said they woke up in the middle of the night and listened because they couldn't get back to sleep. And someone said they listened while they had a nice relaxing bath. So that makes me feel really good. I'm really pleased to think that I'm helping you do all those things, relax, and that you're finding a moment to listen to the Trudy Mutual podcast wherever you are. That is what I love about audio podcasts. So I thought it would be nice to share with you some of my favorite podcasts. Uh, because there are so many out there and a few of you who have jumped over from the video to follow me here have told me that you're new to audio podcasts. So I love audio podcasts and I have some really favorite ones that I listen to religiously. So grab a pencil because these are some of my favorites. Curious Handmade with Helen Stewart. I listen to her every weekend. She releases her podcast on a Saturday morning in the UK and hers is really worth listening to. I love the Woolful podcasts. They they seem to be once a fortnight. Correct me if I'm wrong. They, they come out for me on about a Tuesday or Wednesday. So um, I'm not sure when that is uh, in America, but the Woolful podcasts are just wonderful. Go back to the beginning and listen to them all. They're really, really neat if you are into fiber. There was a podcast called Knit FM with Pam Allen from Quince & Co. And... Um, 
my, my mind goes blank when I'm put on the spot. But Knitbot, and I know her name and I can see her face. Oh, it will come back to me. But anyway, Knit FM. Go back and listen to the episodes of that. It's currently on hiatus. It might never come back. But I really enjoyed all of the episodes of Knit FM. They got into quite technical details about gauge and swatching and types of yarn. And there's a wonderful, wonderful interview with Clara Parks on one of those podcasts, which I encourage you all to listen to because it's about breed-specific yarn. And I really, really enjoyed that one. I love Jo from Shiny Bees. She has a podcast that comes out every couple of weeks. And she's from the UK. I love Knit British. She has a fabulous Scottish accent, which I could listen to all day long. And as it sounds, she focuses on British breed yarn. So it's really interesting if you're if you're interested in finding out more about yarn that's local to a specific area. The Sweet Georgia podcast is fairly new with Felicia Lowe of Sweet Georgia, but I really enjoy her interviewing style. She has a lovely voice to listen to and her interviews have been really interesting. So go and check her out. And finally, a new podcast on the scene is Seamwork from uh, Colette Patterns. And that is really, really good. I think there have been three or four episodes so far. It's a sewing podcast and it takes quite a different format to a lot of other podcasts. It It's quite highly edited, which I wasn't sure about at first, but actually I've just come to like it because it is what it is. So there's a narration with a story told by the interviewee about about their journey really, about their sewing journey or some issue that's that they've dealt with in their sewing. The first one's about body image, which I thought was really good. I really enjoyed the last one, which was all about setting up a handmade business. And they're really worth listening to. So go and have a listen to those. They're my favorites at the moment. Do tell me yours. I'm always keen to listen to more. So what else is coming up today? I've dribbled on, haven't I? I've talked about all sorts of other things. I better tell you what I'm wearing because that's what I'm going to do, aren't I? Because you can't see me. You used to be able to see what I was wearing. So today I am wearing a t-shirt, which I made, in a real plum-coloured, burgundy-coloured t-shirt fabric. It's slightly heavier than a t-shirt I might wear here in the summer because we're still in that slight shoulder season. Once real summer hits here, there is no way I'll put a t-shirt on. I would not be able to wear anything with sleeves. It just gets too hot. So at the moment, we are just changing over to summer and t-shirts are perfect. So I'm wearing this t-shirt that I made recently with a little A-line skirt that I made as part of a sew along on Instagram a while ago and I think it's called the A-line skirt. I'll put a link to it. I think it's from Michelle Patterns but I'll link to everything I talked about in my show notes and you can find my show notes on iTunes and also on my my blog where I will have a link to all my podcasts there so you can listen there if you don't have a um, an app on your phone or your iPad or whatever uh, you know device. Anyway, that's what I'm wearing today. I'm wearing my handmade bangles and a ring, handmade ring, which my aunt made, my mum tells me, many, many years ago, perhaps 40 years ago. It's a pottery ring, which she's glazed, and it's inspired me to have a go with my pottery and maybe try and make myself some pottery rings. I think that would be really cool. So that's what I'm wearing. I'll take a photo and you'll be able to see it when my podcast goes out. I've bought some new yarn. I just couldn't resist in the end. I had an idea for a pattern and I thought about the yarn I had in my stash and of course none of it was going to work. I was after something particularly unprocessed. I'm becoming more and more 
interested in low and unprocessed yarn and those real earthy colors are really appealing to me at the moment so I'm drawn to yarn like that at the moment and one of the ones that I've had on my mind for a while to buy has been some of the Brooklyn Tweed yarn now I've I felt it before when it first came out I was in the UK and Loop was you know Loop in London is such a fabulous yarn shop and one day I was in Loop and I felt the shelter I think it was shelter actually was the first one out anyway I felt some in the shop and compared to all the slinky merinos that I had been using it felt quite rough and so I didn't buy any I was going to buy some and they had a beautiful mustard color that appealed to me but I actually decided not to because it was quite expensive and it just felt a bit rough but actually recently I don't think it's changed I don't think they've changed what they're doing but I have been working with more and more non-merino yarn I think I mean I have been using a lot of really soft wool I've been using and and other fibers so I my last shawl is that's due to come out shortly is an alpaca which is absolutely fabulously soft but whatever the reason I think my hands have been feeling yarn that's slightly rougher and have been getting used to it rougher is the wrong word because actually it's not really rough at all but just not so slinky and not so slippery and not so soft anyway so I thought well it's time I got some shelter I really wanted it so I actually ordered myself because I, can, I no one in New Zealand stocks it to my knowledge so I bought directly from Brooklyn Tweed in the States and I've ordered two skeins of their loft which is a fingering weight yarn it comes in 50 gram uh, skeins so it's not a huge skein but I bought two of those to do a shawl I have this idea that was the one I had an idea in my mind and I bought a really stony neutral color it's a it's a real beigey kind of color it's called wood smoke so it's got a gray to it it's a brown with a real gray undertones I think to it it's very pretty it's really muted and very soft to look at it is actually soft to feel so loft is 100% American wool it's grown America it's spun in America it's described as a gently spun fingering weight yarn made with wool from the American Targi Columbia sheep and it's spun in a historic woolen mill in New Hampshire so I was I was really keen to have a feel of it and it is it is lovely and soft it's really nice actually and the color is just divine so I'm so looking forward to getting started on this it's really hard to control myself from starting new projects I I'm practicing it's really hard though so anyway that will be a shawl at some point and then I thought well look while I'm spending the postage I might as well try some others and there were two colors that caught my eye in the shelter I kind of wish now I'd bought one of their other weights too because I bought two more skeins of shelter in two different colors I should have bought the other one the new weight that had come out so I could actually feel all three but in the same color I'm a bit of a dope sometimes but anyway I didn't so I bought 50 grams each of this worsted weight yarn which is shelter one is barn owl sorry that is the color and it looks it looks a bit like mud it's sort of that beautiful dark mud that you might use on a face mask that it's got a cream undertone to it it's it is it's just lovely it barn owl is actually quite a good description it looks like a little bird that's sort of sitting in the shadows of the barn and it's a real brownie cream it's very pretty so I'm thinking of swatching that up because I can see that being a really gorgeous cardigan and the other color I got because this really appealed to me is camper 
I used to have some camper shoes actually were just about this color so it's a raspberry it's a very muted raspberry red it's got a lot of cream in it it's a slightly bluey tinge to it and it's yeah, it's really pretty I do like it there are blue flecks a bit of purple flecks through it cream what Brooklyn Tweed do is that they actually blend the colors and then spin the yarn which I find totally fascinating so they're not dying afterwards so what it gives you is a quite a mild look and uh, almost a tweedy look and a real depth of color beautiful depth of color I love I love it there are real pops of other other things coming in and it's all wool and spun so it has a nice halo it looks very very rustic so shelter is uh, also 100% American and that's also from the Targi Columbia sheep so is that what all their wool is? I guess it is. I'm learning with you as I go along. So that one is camper. And I think that would make a really pretty jumper or cardigan as well. Or something. Maybe it would be a nice hat actually. I'm very fond of hats. You, know, I, I've told you that before. I do love a hat. I wish more of you would wear hats. Because I love hats. I think hats are great. Go on, wear more hats. That's my, that's my ask of you today. <laughs> Just wear more hats. So that's my new wool. What else is happening in my life? I'm starting a sew along today. I didn't quite know how this happened. One minute I thought I was going to make a skirt and the next minute I've just decided to do a sew along. I, I tend to do that. So anyway, I'm doing that. So I'm doing this sew along on Instagram and it will also be Facebook because what I'm going to do, it starts today. I'm going to post pictures every day of all the steps that you need to do to get your skirt, in this case, sewn. So I've chosen the Salt Marsh skirt out of the Merchant and Mills workbook. It's quite a simple skirt. It's long. It's got a little bit of fullness to it. It's on a drawstring. It has lovely big pockets on the side. And I am going to, I, I recently bought the workbook because I was curious to try Merchant and Mills patterns and I liked the simplicity of the shapes in the book. I thought they'd re work really well as a base wardrobe pieces. So I'm doing the salt marsh, salt marsh skirt. So I've washed my fabric. It's on the line at the moment because that's what you have to do first. In fact, that is my first step. So I'm gonna pop that on Instagram and Facebook later. If you want to join in, please do. We've had um, a beautiful prize donated. The Merchant and Mills stockist here in New Zealand, Emma from Miss Maud uh, has donated a really generous prize. She's donated two sets of beautiful needles and a gift voucher for some something, anything from her shop. So it could be fabric or anything. She has an online shop. We tried to work it out so that you could sort of get the most for the prize really. So what's going to happen is that the winner will pay their own postage, but all the gifts within the prize will be included uh, for her generous donation. So come and join me. It starts today runs for 10 days and we'll just do it step by step i think sewing works best for me as a mother with four kids and uh, a little business that i'm trying to run if i can break it down into little pieces so i do keep my sewing machine up i think that's a good way of being able to quickly sew and i even if it's at the end of the dining room table just for a few days just while you get whatever it is that you're trying to do sewn and i try and break my projects into little pieces so that's what my aim is with this we've got 10 days to make a skirt it's not a tricky skirt if you're a new sewer it would suit you really well and I'm just going to help you out with little tips that I find as I'm sewing and little ideas for you so that when you sew again you might be able to take some of those away with you so my first step is wash your fabric 
and I'll tell you why on my Instagram posts, but it's really important that you wash your fabric before you start. So come and join me. We're tagging all our pictures because everybody can join in. Salt Marsh S-A-L, so along. So Salt Marsh, so along. So come and find me on Instagram or Facebook and join in. I've started a little thread about it in the Ravelry group. So if you want to talk about your progress over there, do. And I'll come and chat to you over there too. There is some pattern news. I have my new Pokeha shawl coming out shortly. And I love it, actually. It's an alpaca yarn that I've used from a local grower. And it is has a few angles in the shawl, although it can be blocked into a curve at the top with points three points and it has blocks of garter and stockinette within it it's very simple it has a rolled edge at the bottom but i love it in its simplicity the yarn just sings when the pattern is um just a bit more pared back i think it's quite good to wear because it has bits that fall over the front of your shoulders i don't normally wear my shawls in a traditional way with the shawl over my shoulders i normally wear mine in more of a bandana style but this one has a lovely deep point at the back and then a point at either side. And when I throw it over my shoulders, it actually keeps me quite warm. It's just a nice extra layer. And it sits really well like that. I, I don't tend to wear it in a bandana style. I like it in this sort of, yeah, hanging, just hanging towards the front. So that's, uh, I've, I'm wearing it like that in most of my photos, that which I'll show you soon. It's almost ready to go. It's just with the testers now and it will be ready just in a couple of weeks. So it's a DK knit. If you want to get some yarn ready for it, uh, you'll need about 200 grams of DK yarn. And I've used an alpaca, which is delicious, but any other sort of plump DK yarn will work beautifully for it too. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I also released my settler shawl in French this last couple of weeks. So if you have my settler shawl already and you would prefer to knit it, with a French pattern, you can download that. You will already have that in your pattern file. And if you are French speaker, you prefer to work uh, with a French language pattern, then it's available in French. So go and grab it if you like. If there are any other patterns that you would like to see me translated, please just drop me a line. I had a request for this one, so I just did it. Now, some of you might have heard about the gift along. Have you heard about the gift along? The gift along is a big project that's run on Ravelry. In November every year I think this is the third year actually uh, the gift along is set up to support independent designers knitwear designers and there's a massive sale that goes along with it and lots of knit alongs so I am joining in this year I didn't actually have enough patterns last year but this year I have enough patterns so that's really exciting and I'm joining in the gift along it starts next week on the 18th of November it starts with a big sale. It's a whopping 25% off patterns for, I think, about 10 days. I think that sale ends on Friday the 27th of November. You can get a discount off all the patterns with the code GIFTALONG2015. So that's everybody who's joining in the GAL, the, G, the GIFT ALONG, all the designers, and there are hundreds, you'll get 25% off their patterns. There are prizes, there are knit-alongs, there is just a whole bunch of fun that's going to happen. So head over to the Indie Design Gift-Along thread on Ravelry and ha start having a look around. At the moment, I'm not sure if there are any links to the designers who are involved, but a lot of them have put the Gift-Along tag on their profile picture on Ravelry. 
So that might give you an indication that they're they're joining in. I certainly have done that. So I'll tell you a little bit more about it. Well, I won't actually tell you on the podcast, but I will send you a newsletter next week just to remind you that it's happening uh, and that mice patterns will all be in this sale. And I want to tell you about some of the other indie designers that I'm loving at the moment and that I would like to support too. So if you haven't joined up for my newsletter, go and do that. So you'll get that in your inbox next week. And if you have, just keep your eyes peeled. Have a look in your trash and your junk folders too, because uh, some of my newsletters end up in there apparently, much to people's dismay. So I think that's all the news I had to tell you. I've still been tidying. I finished the book in the nick of time. I sort of had to skim the end because it was actually due back at the library. I've been doing the Marie Kondo magic art of tidying, con Marieing my house. I'm pretty slow. I, at first, when she said it was going to take six months, I thought, yeah, right, six months, I could do this pretty quickly. But actually, I've kind of, my steam is slightly dissipated. And so I can see it might take me six months now. But I have just kept on going and actually my kids had a pyjama day at school today and they had to take uh, something to donate to Women's Refuge, either a book or a pair of pyjamas. So that was a good opportunity to get rid of a few more things that someone else would love. So I sent those off this morning. Yeah, I've been keeping on going. I, th- I found the book really interesting. I, will, I think I might borrow it again to read the end properly because I did all the wacky ideas that people laugh about I I quite liked I quite liked a few of them actually so I like the idea that this you know folding your clothes so they relax I I just love stuff like that so that kind of appealed to me I'm going to borrow it again and I'm going to keep going so I know a few of you have said you're doing it too so come and talk to me about it Perhaps we should start a thread in the Ravelry group about our magic tidying that we're doing in our houses just to keep ourselves motivated. But it it was already easier to tidy, just the stuff I've got rid of so far. So I'm going to keep on going. Now I am actually going to pop back next week. I'm starting a series of interviews. I'm super excited about this. I have been thinking for a while how interesting it is following everyone talking about handmade wardrobes. And I have been talking about handmade wardrobes for... A few years now on my blog and a few years ago I ran my series of outfits that I made every month I made an outfit in a month over sort of good five four five six months it's been really fun I really enjoyed that I have apart from a sort of a period when I had small children I have always made quite a lot of my own clothes and these days I wear handmade clothes every day not all handmade but not often will I go out of the house without something handmade on even if it's just a bangle some days but mostly it's a garment it's a piece of clothing and of course my bag is handmade that I've just recently made I made a lovely leather bag so I use that every day I think it's a great way to feel good about yourself too I love the idea that um, you can make deliberate choices about what you use to, to make your handmade wardrobe I love the idea that we can make things to fit us I love the idea that we can just learn new skills and try and experiment. I mean, we all make mistakes. I've got some disasters in there that I've made, but that's how I've learned and I've really enjoyed that. So I've really, this year has been interesting. It's like there's been an explosion in people embracing the slow fashion and handmade and I found it really interesting. So it's also encouraged me to look more at the materials I'm using And being reasonably new back in New Zealand to look more at what's happening right in front of me 
right under my nose to support more local industry, local manufacture and and people just doing their own thing. Like with my shawl that I've just made recently, my new shawl that's coming out, Pokiha shawl, which means fox. I've really, I loved it that I used a yarn from a local alpaca breeder who has her yarn spun locally. And I love that. I love the story behind that. I love, I just love everything about that. So anyway, I'm just really nosy. So I wanted to talk to more people about that topic. So what I've decided to do is I've decided to look right under my nose and interview people around me and near me and in New Zealand who are doing some pretty cool things. And they're doing things to either make their own clothes or produce materials to help us make our own clothes or teach people how to make their own clothes. And I've got a series of interviews that I'm just so excited to bring you. The first one is literally right under my nose, as you will see next week when I bring you the first interview. But I hope you enjoy them as much as I'm enjoying doing them. And we'll just see where they take us. I'm going to drop them in from time to time. I was thinking of doing a whole series and just doing them back to back, but I've decided instead to just drop them in. And that way, if I meet someone new, I can do another interview and just drop it in. So you will see it as a continuing theme this wardrobe stories, local wardrobe, and producing them with local materials or making them yourselves, but just more stories around handmade wardrobes. So thank you for having me today. It's been lovely to talk to you. Do come and chat to me if you like. Tell me what you're up to. Tell me your favorite podcasts. I always love to hear them. And happy knitting. Bye. Or is it half of a sweater? From what I've heard, it could be a third of a poncho. There's no excuse now not to be knitting. Because you can do it standing and you can do it sitting. Is it a hat or is it the start of a blanket? Maybe a ball or even a shawl for a baby.